Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of 100 Words or Less, the podcast. I am your host, Ray Harkins, and we're at episode number 3535. Let's get some business out of the way, and then uh, I'll talk, and then I'll talk with some uh, our guest. Propertyofzack.com. Visit that site. They are starting to post some great year-end lists of all the staffers that write for them. Um, and there's no more fun time of the year than a retrospective, a look back on what music has come out and what music has perked up everybody's ear. And, uh, yeah, the place that you should check it out the most is propertyofzack.com. So, um, yeah, we love our partnership with them and it will continue to go on and on and on. Um, also review the show on iTunes and visit the website. 100wordspodcast.com. You can uh, see stuff that happens during the week in between shows um, at the website. And then, uh, yeah, review the show. I love it. I would really appreciate that. If you wrote a few nice words about the show or gave some stars to uh, us in some way. Um, yeah, business out of the way. And um, I'm, I'm going to bring bring it down a note. I uh, recently. I unfortunately lost my grandmother, who I will affectionately call Nana from here on out because that is what I called her. Um, She was older and she suffered from Alzheimer's. So essentially, the woman that I knew and helped raise me because uh, my parents were divorced at an early age. um, And so my mom had to rely a lot on her parents. Uh, to either, you know, help pick me up from school or take care of me during the daytime and because my mom was a school teacher and she was working full time. So um, obviously she couldn't do all that and she didn't really want to put me in daycare. Um, so my grandparents were instrumental in shaping who I am today. And um, yeah, so my Nana passed away last week and um uh, yeah, it's it's really tough. I mean, anytime you lose someone who you care about, especially from a family perspective, um, you know, it cuts deep. Uh, obviously, it's not as deep as what my mom's going through currently, uh, losing her mother. And um, yeah, it's just, uh, you know, trying to act normal. Like I'm still doing this podcast and I'm still, you know, working a few days and just trying to kind of get yourself rooted because that's, that's what I've always experienced when I say always, there's only been one other person that's really close to me, um, that has passed away. And that was my father. Um, but I just remember this sort of, you know, the, first of all, the numb feeling where it's like, this doesn't really feel real. Um, and it doesn't feel real until you're sitting there at the funeral home, either with the person's ashes or with the person as they're lying in the coffin. Um, and I just remember with my father, giving his eulogy and, um, you know, being really proud of myself for being able to kind of make it through because I know that my dad would have loved to hear me say those things and did know that I felt all these things, um, whether or not I expressed them as concisely as I did within, um, you know, a eulogy throughout my whole life. I've made sure that he uh, felt that. And I've been asked to give the eulogy at my grandmother's, um, ceremony. And, uh, I, I, I don't know. I really, really like doing these things as morbid as it sounds. Um, I just love being able to kind of take a person's life 
be able to distill it down to your own personal experience um, and then be able to stand up in front of your family and friends and be able to get that off your chest. It's something that is so cathartic for me. Um, and I really, like I said, I look forward to it. And when my parents asked me if I wanted to be a part of the ceremony in that way, I, you know, I, in my own mind, I was already like, I'm going to do this whether you ask me or not. Um, so yeah, um, obviously all of us deal with loss in our lives. Um, and I hope that the one thing that I tell people that go through these traumatic experiences, whether they are sudden or expected or sudden or unexpected, um, it's just the fact that you have to you have to revel in whatever your experiences were with that person. You can't look at the regrets you may have, or you didn't say this, or you didn't say that. Fortunately, with both of these circumstances that I have personally encountered, I don't have any regrets. Those people knew exactly how I felt about them, even though my Nana was not able to comprehend me saying, I love you the past 10 years of her life. Um, she still always acted like she knew me, and when I did reminder who I was, um, you know, there was that little spark of recognition and be like, okay, yes, like you are my grandson. Um, but I really encourage people to just hold on to that. That's the only thing that we have to really get us through the most difficult times is looking back and being like, dude, it was fucking awesome that my Nana took me to Toys R Us to buy me a World War II video game. She bought me 1942. It's such a distinct memory that I have. Um, she was always spoiling the shit out of me. Um, not only just because she had the means to do so, um, but that was how she really showed her love um, and just was, you know, wanted to make sure that I had all the fun stuff that I wanted. Um, and having those trips to like the bookstore, read more bookstore in Las Vegas, Nevada that no longer exists. And being able to pick out, you know, the newest Hardy Boy novel or the newest comic book, those are things that I'm just going to hold with me for the rest of my life. Um, and just knowing how much she obviously cared for me. So, yeah, if there's anything that I want to impart in this message um, is the fact that time is fleeting. Obviously, you hear all the cliches that people say when they experience loss. Um, but make sure that those people that are close to you know what's up. They know how you feel about them um, because those are the only things that people re usually regret later on in life where it's like, oh man, I wish I would have said I love you to this person or I wish I would have, you know, really been able to kind of show how I feel. Um, don't fucking wait. Like seriously, there's, there's no point in hiding those feelings like everybody needs to be vulnerable and if you don't want to expose yourself to other people you're going to live a pretty solitary life um, and I don't encourage that for anybody because it's obviously so uplifting to have you don't have to have a lot of people you can have two one maybe three people it doesn't really matter as long as you hold those people close and they know exactly how you feel um, so yes this whole episode is in dedication to my Nana and uh, may she be in a much better place. And um, yeah, hopefully I'll be able to see her one day. Anyways, moving on to more lighter things. I sat down with James Carroll, the lead vocalist from Make, Do, and Mend. Um, I was really excited to sit down with him. Uh, we were 
at the fest in Florida in uh, late October. So you can see the uh, the conversations a little. Uh, uh, I wouldn't say dated because there wasn't anything that we talked about <laughs> that could date the conversation, but um, that's how long it sometimes takes for me to get these episodes up. So um, we sat in a park in downtown Gainesville, Florida. So there'll be some moments where the conversation might seem a little herky-jerky because I had to um, you know, edit out the police sirens and edit out old women coming up to us asking if this was the entrance to the federal building. Um, but yeah, James is a really good guy. Um, I've only got to know him better over the past year of my life. Um, and just to kind of watch make do and mend, you know, ascend into where they're at right now. Um, it's just awesome to see a band of this caliber, uh, be able to kind of have, you know, a wider level of exposure and it's really cool. So, um, anyways, James and I talked about everything from their experience on Warp Tour, um, to kind of, you know, what he does in order to, uh, you know, keep his fire going. Yeah, a lot of cool things. So um, yeah, I hope you enjoy. And uh, I hope my opening monologue didn't bring you down too much. I'm feeling okay. And I want you to feel okay too. So enjoy this conversation. Just watching the band and what you guys have been able to do, where it's like, you've you know, even though you're younger, for lack of a better term, I mean, younger than me, so it's younger, um, but you play a style of music that obviously fits within the context of what a lot of other bands are doing in regards to, you know, your balance and composure, so tighter fights, like, these are bands that are playing music that could have fit in with the mid-90s, yep. and um, to see that all kind of come up at once mm-hmm. was really cool, and was, uh, I mean... Did you feel it and notice it where it was just like, you kind of had, there was like a kinship with a lot of other different bands that all started at different times and from different scenes in a way? Yeah, definitely. You know, and it it had very little, in the beginning stages, it had very little to do with like recognizing it as something substantial. Of course. As opposed to, you know, I mean, we met, you know, we met Title Fight like, years and years and years ago we actually like when we first started this band yeah um and we're playing shows in connecticut and you know wanted started playing shows like outside um like this was back in like the myspace days of course uh and i i remember i sent the title fight myspace a message Message, saying like hey guys what's up like you know your band's super cool um and this was before you know a, a, anything that the, right. they like? You know, I think they had to split out with uh, Balance and Composure's old band. Oh, um, got it, got it. Uh, and so, like, said something like, "Hey, you know, we want to book shows like around the area. Like, let's, let's do a trade some shows. Like, yeah, yeah. You come to Connecticut. We'll play in Connecticut. We'll we'll do a show in Pennsylvania, and then we'll do like New York City or something like that, or like New York. We'll like." Um, and they didn't. They didn't answer back. Right. And like you know how on MySpace you can send the message and you see read. it was read. Yeah. <laughs> so they didn't answer back after like a week, and I'm like, these motherfuckers. These fucking assholes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, like, yeah. Uh, and so I sent him this. I sent him another message back. I was like, you know what, man? You guys think you're so cool. Like, really? You put it like you kind of went at him. Oh yeah. I was like, I was like, you know, what, man. Like, yeah, we're a new band or whatever. Like, and uh, you know, we're not very popular or anything like that. But like. 
the least you could do is send us a new message back saying like no thanks. Right. And then, like they sent a they sent a message back like right after that, and I yeah. forget I forget who it was. It was either Shane or Jamie, and, uh, <laughs> and they were like, "Hey, like sorry, we like we're we're fourteen, right. like we can't." Tour, like, we can't leave. Yeah, yeah, like we yeah. Can't, we can't play outside of Pennsylvania, like because our parents have to like drive us to our shows. Right, right. And they're like, we, we didn't mean anything by it. Like, sorry. <laughs> and I totally like had my foot in my mouth. I was like, fuck, I'm a dickhead. You're like, like damn it. You know? You're like, I, I was very emotional about this. Yeah, I accuse you of something yeah. that I just didn't know. Clearly, I flew off the handle. Right. So you know, it's really funny. Uh, you well, know, that I mean, I think that story in of itself puts the whole thing in context. Yeah, where it's yeah. just like a lot of people. I think a lot of when I say people I say like you know kids that come to shows and like don't even though more of the behind the scenes back end stuff is more apparent now like people kind of know how bands work Uh but the casual fan like just goes to a show and like you know goes home but like that story totally puts it in context where it's like the the you know the idea of these bands just kind of quote unquote coming from nowhere mm-hmm. where it's like because that's what every kid feels like you know, where these dudes come from like you know they do men's signs to rise like oh like they have records before that yeah yeah it's like <laughs> yeah 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 we kind of have a lot of stuff before yeah. that um, so yeah there's you know I think from like I think from like uh, an, an insular perspective like an inside perspective yeah there's very little consciousness of like how these things are perceived by the outside world of course you know, as it pertains to a movement of bands or, or what have you you know and it, you know we love these bands you know like you said Touche Amore on down the sure. line because A they make great music yep they make fucking perfect music um but you know, but they're our friends. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. So like, well, and I think too, to, to your point, I think a lot of it too. It's like because every single band from that whatever this, like you said, movement. Even though it's like it's it's difficult to put into words. Yeah, totally. Um, it's like they've all originated from the same beginnings, but they've obviously done so many different things sonically. Yeah. You know, yeah. where it's like each band obviously has their own thing. Yeah. Um, but they all can tour together and be friends and yeah. Definitely. Um, so you yourself. Yes. Born and always born and raised in, in the Connecticut area, East Coast, or where? Yeah, were... I was born in Hartford. Okay, um, and, and grew up. So you love the Whalers, right? Yeah, did did <laughs> a, a lot. And you know, when they left, it was a huge bummer. But you know what? Like, it's the funniest thing because there's this like resurgence now of uh-huh. like Whaler pride. Really? Um, yeah, and it's ridiculous because are they trying to get the team back? Like, that's what the whole or no, is not, just not really. Yeah, just um, repping it. They tried. They tried a bunch of years ago to get them back, uh-huh. and it didn't work out. And we had um, we had an uh, like an AHL team, right? Uh, the Hartford Wolf Pack that okay. were like. The New York Rangers farm team. Sure, sure. So that, like, once the Whalers left, we got the Wolf Pack, and that was the thing. Um, and then somebody bought the Wolf Pack and then changed their name to the Connecticut Whale. So now they're the Connecticut Whale, and so there's, like, this whole, like, resurgence. And so people, like, we did, uh, for Warped Tour, we did, like, a Whalers rip-off shirt. Oh, that's know, right. I remember that. Had, like, the Whalers logo, and then it said, Make Doing Man. Yep. And people would call and be like, yeah, man, Whalers. And I'll be like, motherfucker... Everyone hated the Whalers. Totally. Everyone hated the Whalers. Like, I really liked them a lot just because, you know, they, yeah. I was young and they were at home. Of course. Or whatever. But dude, people called them the uh, Hartford Failers because they were so bad. <laughs> right, right, right. And, you know, they got, they, dude, they left Connecticut because no one was going to the games. Right, know? right. Like, it didn't make any economical right, sense. Right, yeah, right. yeah, for sure. But so, you said, so the Bristol area? 
What's that? The Bristol, Connecticut area. That's where you were born and raised. Hartford. Or, Hartford. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I just I don't know why Bristol just went yeah. in my head. Yeah. Close Hartford. enough. Yeah. 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 Fairly close. Um, so yeah, uh, born in Hartford and yeah, sort of born born and raised there. Like you basically spent all your time there yeah, as you were growing totally. up. Totally. And then I I went to school um, in a town called Willimantic. Uh, okay. It's like forty minutes outside of Hartford. Okay. Um, it's like where UConn University of yep, Connecticut is like course. a big school. It's like the town right over from there. Stores Connecticut, right? Stores Connecticut, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah so like sure. it's all in Wyndham County. And then, got it. Um, do you have uh, brothers and sisters? I do. Uh, yep, I got three brothers. Oh, wow. Yeah, totally. Were, so you, were your parents trying for a girl and they kept just going for it? And <laughs> you're like, what? oh, another I boy. I don't think so. I don't know. I Just they always wanted a big family, I guess? I guess so. You know, just happened that way. I guess I've never really like learned the rationale behind. I just, you know? I mean, it's uh, I'm so sensitive to that now because it's like, uh, I mean, my wife and I, we only want one kid. Had a boy. Okay. We we're both stoked on that. Yeah, yeah. But you see, like, once you actually start to look around at other families and how they've kind of, you know, grown up or mm. what they're trying to do, and you're like, oh yeah, I've got you know, like, uh, you know, one brother, like three sisters or whatever, and they were like, oh, like clearly they were trying to have that. <laughs> That one sex. They wanted to have yeah. a boy and a girl or whatever. Uh, but that's funny. So, family of dudes. Family of dudes. And, I, you know, I don't I don't know if my mom ever really wanted a girl. Maybe she did. Yeah. I think she got lucky having four boys. And I was going to say, boys are, in the ass. Right, boys are technically easier to raise. Yeah, yeah. Like, straight so. up. And, like, I don't think... I, I don't know if my dad could have raised a girl to be perfectly honest. <laughs> no offense towards no, him. No, I no. just think, you know, Just wasn't equipped. Wasn't wired for it. Yeah, no. I don't think so. <laughs> so did your mom feel outnumbered? Or she she was she felt because uh, yeah, I mean not necessarily we're all we're all really pretty easy dudes yeah yeah none of us are really like I mean my parents are great in that you know I I feel as though they're sort of like the last generation of like stand up human beings you know to a certain extent you know I just see so many fucking. I just see so many parents who just just raise their kids like absolute garbage. Of course. And so like growing up, you know, growing up and becoming an adult, and I look back, and I'm like, wow, my parents definitely did not fuck up. Right. I mean, you know, there there are pitfalls along the way everywhere. Well, of course, but, yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, I, so I think uh, I, I think they did a nice job. So what did your uh, what did your parents do for a living? Uh, my dad runs a roofing company. Oh, okay. Um, and then growing up, my mom actually worked for an insurance company. Okay. Um, like full time. Okay. Uh, as my Matt, my next youngest brother, uh-huh. uh, and I like came up through school, and then she, uh, then she stopped doing that just so she could be home more. Yeah, of course, yeah. of course. Yeah, I mean, raising four boys is kind of a full time job in and of itself. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> so your dad, your dad, obviously works with his hands, and you know, is 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 out there, like. That's what I definitely, a theme that I've caught on in talking to a lot of people is that I, I'm personally, I don't know if I'd say scared, but like a lot of, like, I don't know how to do shit with my hands. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to fix anything. Yeah, yeah. And like, I think that's definitely symptomatic of a lot of like, you know, whatever, 20 to 35 year olds where it's just like, I mean, partially just because I, I don't like to do any of that. Yeah. Whereas like some of my friends are like, oh, I fucking love fixing stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then it's like, I think that the people that don't know how to do stuff outnumber the people that do know how to do stuff so I wonder that sort of like you're saying that last generation of like see that's the, yeah you're absolutely right and that's sort of like I'm sort of in the same place uh-huh. as I get older um, in that you know 
especially since my dad did know how to do all that stuff. Right. I think I was sort of just like, oh, dad does it. Right. Like, you know, dad's When well, you got it. a person, you got a person. I got yeah. dude, and like, <laughs> he, like he's also a mechanic, so like, you oh, know, dude, he's in it. Yeah. Dude, he's he's just like he's the consummate man. Um, <laughs> And so, you know, I just never, I never really learned much about, you know, cars and, you know, things yeah. like that. So now, uh, as I, you know, as a, as a, over the course of the past maybe five years or so, uh-huh. uh, I've really put a lot of effort to try to become more capable. Yeah. Because, I mean, especially saying, like you said, you know, there are more people who don't know how to do than do totally. how to do. We live in a country of fucking morons. Totally. Uh, so, you know. Yeah. I'd, I'd like to... You want to carry that torch. I would like to be on the other end of things. So I'm, I'm trying, <laughs> but it's, it's tough. Yeah, I know, for sure. Um, and so you were... Are you the, like, middle brother? or where, where? I'm the oldest. You're the oldest. Yeah. Okay. So you, you, you escorted the way for all of the other uh, brothers in regards to the way that... Uh, I think so. I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know sometimes. I mean, you know, it's one of those things where... I am not so sure how much I led them as as much as in a lot of ways they led me. Interesting. Um, you know, you met Matt. My yep. He's uh, next in line to me. Uh-huh. Um, and you know, he's a super. He's a he's a doer. Like you know, he's very collected, very you right. know, straight on ahead of on sure. top of it. Uh, and so you know, in a lot of ways, I lean on him for that. You know, you feel each other's yeah. You feel each other's strengths. I mean, that's like good relationships. Yeah, totally. Like I, you know, I can be an absolute space cadet sometimes. (laughs) Well, yeah, like you're saying, relationships. Like obviously, like you can fill each other's holes, and you see what. Yeah, totally. So, like, you know, I I can be an absolute space cadet (laughs) sometimes. You know, so there's definitely a lot of like. um, You lean on one another. Yeah, sure. And then our our younger brother Jack, who's twenty, he'll be twenty one in April. Is just like I feel like he just got, he just got everything. You know, I think that he got like he got Matt and he got me, and they just squished together. And you know, he's like yeah. he's this tall, handsome, like just like yeah, yeah. super charismatic, just dude. on top of it, just yeah. yeah. And uh, you know, I don't know where he comes from. We joke all the time that he's the best Carol by far. Um, <laughs> like we perfected in this last one. Yeah, we tried with all these other ones. Totally. Yeah. And then we've got a little brother, Luke, who's uh-huh. uh, twelve. He'll be thirteen in February. Um, oh wow, that's a big that's a big gap. Like, yeah, between totally. The two. Yeah, I yeah. was I was thirteen when he was born. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that must have been weird to watch your parents kind of raise another kid in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, I suppose. I, yeah, it was kind of weird. I mean, just like having a baby around when like, I can't like I imagine myself when I was thirteen and be like the concept of having like a little baby around, be like, oh, wow, that's yeah, weird. Totally. Even you know, even being, even being like you know, not grown up, but thirteen, you know, a little bit older and at least cognizant, like right. Watching my parents raise him uh-huh. and, and sort of like understanding the differences and like you know how they were when I was a kid and yeah. how they are. You know, with him, it's it's really interesting. No, that's that's actually true because I wouldn't. You obviously learn as you go along, and then obviously, like so much information changes over year to year. As far as like, oh, this is what you should do for your child, as opposed to right, like, right. you know, like I mean, my mom fucking smoked up until <laughs> she was like six months pregnant with me, really? and she felt me kick. Okay. And I always blame her for my asthma. I'm like, uh, mom, right. I have asthma that's because your of you. fault. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and so, kind of, you know, as you were growing up, like the, uh, you know, like. 
going into junior high and high school and stuff like that, um, you know, where did you, uh, well, for one, where was kind of the intro as far as independent music was concerned? Mm-hmm. Um, and then two, kind of what was your sort of, you know, your high school experience? Like, were you, uh, you know, were you into sports? Were you kind of like, you know, what sort of, what group did you find yourself fitting in, if at any at all? Yeah. All right. <laughs> um, well, so, I was definitely like, a product of like 90s radio rock yeah just because i mean dude when i was when i was in elementary school uh-huh you know there was like that was the thing there yeah. was like there were still rock bands on the radio totally. making good music of course you know what i'm saying yeah 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 which is doesn't exist now no like I, you know i feel like that like kids these days well ter- i mean to kids don't find out about music listening to the radio right right, right. yeah totally but you know so i you know i was a big like you know, big third eye blind guy, you know, stuff yep. like that. And then, so it was listening to the radio and then, uh, and then, you know, Blink-182 and Green Day started being played on the radio. Huge, yeah, yeah. And so, you know, it was just in, like those songs. And then The Offspring had a song on the radio. Of course. You know? Early ni- early 90s. I mean, they, they say, what, 94 is the year that punk broke? Where it was like, yeah, that started to explode everything with yeah, Green Day's so, Dookie. And, totally, and, I suppose yeah. so. Yeah. Um, and so those songs started coming on the radio and it, Immediately from there, I, I'm not sure. You know, I don't remember the exact sort of like, like switch. Yeah, right. But like, I remember hearing those songs uh, and and thinking to myself, "This is something different." Uh-huh. You know, this is something. Yes, it's on the radio. Yes, it's like sort of commingled mingled with this other stuff. But like, there's something different here. Right. Um, and so I got, I mean, obviously, like most dudes my age, got super into Blink-182. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and, you know, from there was able to, you know, was able to, you know, start digging. You right. Know, from there. I mean, seeing what bands they were touring with, you know. Sure. Buying the records, seeing what bands they thanked in the liner notes. And they came out with those DVDs. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, like, you know, so, like, oh, Tom DeLong's wearing a Pennywise shirt. What's that all about? You know totally. what I'm saying? Like, oh, he, you know, he really likes this band called Jimmy Eat World. Who's that? Right, right. Um, and so, you know, it was, it was so on from there. And it was from, uh, you know, it was from there that I got into bands like, uh, you know, like GB and Youth of Today and stuff like that. Yeah. And that was sort of like in and around the time with like H2O and sure. uh, AFI and Rancid. Right, so right. So, you know, it was just sort of like, it's like the... It's like the kid, Blink-182 was like the kid in high school who like, is sort of like the edgy dude. Right. But like is also friends with like the football players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so like there's this sort of like, there's these two worlds and like he's just right here. Right, on you're on a cusp. Yeah, yeah. And you know, as soon as you, as soon as you start hanging out with him, all of his other friends are on this side of the wall, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Um, no, because yeah, yeah, you look at it like an onion where it's just like, you know, you start to peel away the layers. That's when you start to get into more, you know, stuff that obviously takes work to get to. Right, right, right. Um, and it's like, you know, and that's that's what makes music so cool, where it's like people can get in, as involved with it as they want. Totally. Where it's like once they hit a layer and they're like, yo, I'm cool. Like, yeah, yeah, totally. I'm fine here. Yeah, I mean, yeah. obviously people like you and I are like, nope, like, let's keep going. Right, right, right. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think that's like, that's, uh, I, I like the analogy of like the, you know, the, the, the kid that can get along with, like, you know, can float between groups. Right, right. So like, yeah, I feel as though Blink was like the intermediary there. Uh-huh. Um, and then yeah, you know. And did was, you like in in high school like? And I also find it interesting because you were the usually people like have that 
older brother, older sister that's mm-hmm. like, oh, here's some cool records. But yeah. you obviously didn't have that, so you kind of had that that yeah, experience. I'm to always, like, I'm always super jealous of those people. It's like <laughs> yeah. I was talking, I was uh, I was riding in the car with my friend Andy, uh-huh. uh, who plays in Every Time I Die. Sick, oh yeah, sick name drop, I know. Yeah, yeah, great um, name drop. <laughs> and he was telling me about how his dad used to take him to like their local record store when he was a kid right and he would buy him his dad would buy himself a record every time they would go he would buy a record for himself and a record for andy and he's like that's how that's how i first heard youth of today break down the walls unbelievable and i was just like fuck you man yeah you got that shit when you were like eight dude yeah Yeah, like (laughs) uh you know that's how i heard black flag and you know and so to have you know i'm certainly jealous of those people but at the same time uh, you know, I, I sort of, I'm, I'm really grateful for the, you know, you forge your own path. Yeah. Obviously. I mean, like you could, you know, you, you always have that experience where it's like, you know, if you're, if a friend is exposing you to stuff and you start to have all these outside influences and then, especially when you're a teenager and you're so insecure about what's cool. Right. If all of a sudden, if you're like, oh dude, fucking knock, knock it off. Don't like Blink 182 anymore. Yeah. yeah. And you're kind of like, but no, like. That means a lot to me. Yeah, yeah. Like, because there always comes... And so it's like, but you were able to kind of like, you know, blossom on your own without yeah. having these like, these gateway things where it's like, you have to be into this or else. Right, right, right. Yeah, and it's just, it's just so weird because, I mean, even when, you know, uh-huh. even bands like Blink-182 uh-huh. and Newfound Glory yep. were, you know, touring with hardcore bands. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like... Totally. Uh, and so that's, I mean, it's... And that's how you know. That's how I found out about the Smiths too, like really early on. Yeah, like, these like all these worlds. It's sort of just like what we were talking about earlier, like bands that sound nothing alike, like us, Title Fight, Touche, Ladies, yeah. what have you, exist in this world. Right. Know, kids are able to sort of like have access to these different sounding bands, but still. You know, still feel comfortable yeah, like in yeah. the same context yeah exactly. yeah yeah so uh so when you were in high school did you uh like you know sports or were you kind of just like an indoor kid like what what where, where did you find find yourself falling or or did you have a good high school experience no i fucking hated high yeah it's terrible that was so bad i went to a uh i went <laughs> to a private catholic high school oh that's um, a that's a different experience yeah 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 <laughs> did you have uniforms oh yeah totally yeah, yeah. The whole the whole nine um <laughs> and uh it was I think I wanted to go there. Okay. What, if I remember correctly, when I was a kid, I wanted to go there because I wanted. I've, I've definitely always felt other. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like yeah. A, a sense of, um, you, you know, just sort of separateness from whatever. So I, you know, I was like, if I go to if I go to the public school, you know, it's just so big. Yep. There's so many people, you know. All my friends are gonna make all these other friends, and I'm I'm just gonna I'm gonna get lost. I'm gonna fall through the cracks. Okay. So I was like, here's a smaller school. Yeah. Um, you know, it, you know, of course, on all the fuck, you go to all the like orientation nights, and it's like, we're a community here. Yeah, we are yeah. A family. Of course. Come. Welcome like, with open you, arms. Yeah. yeah come yeah. join us. And so I think at a young age, I was like, yeah, okay, like I can get down with that. That's what I want. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, little did I know, all of those kids, that, all the kids that went to the private Catholic high school had been going to private Catholic school their entire lives. Right, yeah. So they, like, from kindergarten up until then, they knew, it, like, every, the, the bonds were set, the fucking, you know, yeah, yeah. the molds were set, and I, you know, I got in there, and, uh, and everybody was like, what the 
fuck is Yeah, this? who's this like, guy? Where'd he come yeah, from? Yeah, totally. Um, so that, that was ninth grade that you, or you, yeah, or was junior? Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, dude, that's totally hard. Yeah. I totally, I, I had that experience when I went to junior high, and it was like, you know, you're able to edge in there a little bit, mm-hmm. and there's that element of like, especially with the female persuasion, where they're like, uh-huh. who's the new guy? Because like, yeah. we've seen all these old guys for a while, like, yeah, yeah. The, but that lasts for Maybe about two weeks. Yeah, I didn't, <laughs> if that, I, if that, if that existed, it didn't exist for me. It might have been my braces and <laughs> you know, your uh, your level of awkwardness. Yeah, um, but uh, but yeah. So my freshman year, I I tried super hard. Right. I was like, all right, you know, new school, new people. I'm gonna like, I'm gonna be super nice to everybody. I'm uh-huh. gonna, I'm gonna invite them over to my house. Like, I'm gonna try out for the football team. Okay. Uh, and I went for it. Like, fucking went for yeah. it. Yeah. And you committed just, to it. You were like, I'm going to do the damn thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. And it fucking crashed and burned. <laughs> like, just so bad. No one wanted really? anything to do with me. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So, you know, I was a nerdy little kid. Yeah, you yeah. Know? I was a like, nerd- what, what were you into? Like, what, what, you know, just... I was into punk rock and... Got it, and, okay, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. You were the music uh, dude, so they were kind of like, I don't know about that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I was into punk rock. I read, like... I read comic books, but, like, not cool comic books. I read fucking Archie comics, right, right. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You're like you're not into like you know whatever Spawn, but like yeah, whatever yeah, yeah. cool no, comics. Not the cool stuff. Like, yeah, you're like yo, give me Donald Duck, dude. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, so so it was after my freshman year. I spent I spent the entire year just trying super hard. Yeah. Uh, and it was after my freshman year that I went from like you know I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna try real hard to just fuck this. Yeah, yeah. Fuck this. Fuck every single one of these people. Yeah. I'm going to make their lives a living hell. And so I spent my sophomore, junior, senior year right. of, of high school just being the biggest fucking prick. Really? Yeah. I mean, like... I and it's, Like outwardly hostile? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, I was like... I I was young. I right. Was, I, you know, I into the music that I was into and you know it was right that's it, nihilistic in and of itself right it was and you know like it was that time where kids started getting into drinking and trying drugs and yep. you know like the what you're supposed to do as a fucking archetypical uh, American high school age kid like you know start trying drinking yep. start trying you know smoking weed totally uh, you know now it's time to you know start you know yeah, dating, d- doing doing know. babes, right, right, totally. yeah. Like the whole the whole thing, and I, and so, you know, given that sense of other, and I mean, we've talked about you know, uh, you know, being straight edge and what have you. Like, yeah. Uh, I was just like, all right, that's what they're into. Yeah. Well, fuck that. Here's you this know, opposite like, reaction. Yeah, so this is I'm going I'm going over here like all the way. Right. Um, right. So you know, it was then that I you know. I knew what straight edge was and I and I got you know, I started hearing about straight edge from the bands that I was listening sure, to. Sure, of know? course. Um, and so I was like, Okay, this is Yeah. yeah like this summarizes what I want to do. These you know, these people are are clear thinking, uh, and uh, but there's that sense of ang- there's a real sense of anger there. Of course. This sort of isolation and this, you know, fighting against the um, Yeah, the common experience. Exactly. Right. Um, so so that was me for high school. That's I just, funny. Like, and luckily, you know, I there were other people. I found other people in my high school who weren't really doing it for the same reasons as I were. I uh-huh. think we're sort of just like kind of just fucked up in their own right. Sure, sure. Uh, and, you know, didn't want to be a part of the... Right, uh, that crew over there. Yeah, yeah. the archetype. Um, 
And so, yeah, just spent <laughs> high school just yeah making people miserable. Um, That's funny. Did so, you yeah. did you ever? Because uh, I definitely I I think that was my sophomore year. I didn't. I wasn't outwardly hostile, uh-huh. but I definitely had same sort of reaction where yeah, I was yeah. just like, "Fuck this! How you guys are handling it?" And I yeah. remember. And this is something that I, I mean, looking back, I'm like, I can't even believe I did this. But yeah. like, I did the whole pee in the punch at a fucking party. Oh, did you really? So, like, I, I, I like took a glass to the bathroom, uh-huh. peed in it, came back. But the whole reason it made me so mad was because we were over at like just a parent's house, and yeah. it was the whole like cool parent, like I'll let you guys drink as long as you stay here. Right. Oh my god! And that like I don't, I mean, you know, at like 15 years old, like that made my blood boil. I yeah, was like, yeah. what? That, I, I'm gonna fucking stop this. I mean, in hindsight, I was like. Yeah, not the wisest. Of Dude, that's like... I, that shit's great. I fucking <laughs> love that. That's right up my alley. My, yeah, yeah. It was my senior prom, and I dated this girl who she was, a t- she was totally sweet. She was great, right? Um, and uh, she was very like, uh, she was super. She was like of that world, right? You yeah, know, yeah, but yeah. like, uh, came from like a really good family, like super nice, good super head under, or shoulders, absolutely, yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Yeah. So like. You know, fit in with that world because you know yeah, yeah. that's where you know that's where ninety nine percent of people fit in. But also, you know, wasn't a fucking idiot, right? Right, um, right. And I think looking back, I think probably the reason she liked me was because I, you know, yeah, you're I, edgy, dude. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and so we went, you know, we went to senior prom, and then afterwards, she was like, "Well, I really want to go to my friend's house. They're having like you know the sleepover party and like yeah. bonfire and the whole thing." I was like, right, fuck it, you know, if that's what you want to do, whatever, right. you know. Um, I really could fucking take it or leave it. Um, <laughs> right. And so we went, and it was the same deal. Like, parents have the beer, and like, oh, as yeah. long as they're here, I know they're safe. Like, right. blah, blah, blah. Right, right. Fuck you. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and so, like, everybody's, you know, drinking beer from the cooler, and I, uh, the dad comes down with a cooler of beer, and I'm like, hey, sir, how are you? Like, thank you for having yeah. Uh, thank you for having me. Uh, I'm really thirsty. Could I have a glass of water? And he looked at me like I had two fucking heads. I can and imagine. He, he was like, he was like, you there, there's, there's beer. Right. There's, there's beer right there. And I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't drink beer. Like, I would love a glass of water if you don't mind. And he was just sort of like, <laughs> he's like disgusted. Like, who who's this kid? Yeah, right. Where so, did, yeah. Like, went to the kitchen, brought me back, back a glass of water. It's That's amazing. Yeah. And so, like, when, yeah, what was your first band? Like, what, what my did that... Fir- my first band ever, I was... Uh, was that in high school? I, yeah, or? I think yeah. I was a freshman in high school. Oh, okay. Um, and I had been... I had been playing guitar for a little bit, and I... I was at a birthday party of somebody. Some... Yeah, I was at somebody's birthday party, and uh-huh. uh, there was another kid there who went to the, the public high school. Got it. And he had just bought a guitar from one of my best friends... Um, who also went to the public high school. And so I was like talking to him, and I was like, hey man, like I heard you just bought Tom's guitar from him. Like, that's super cool. I play guitar too. Like, yeah. whatever. And he's like, he's like, oh, cool man. Yeah, like I, I actually sing in this band. Um, and we're like looking for a new guitar player. Our like, guitar player is moving away. And I was like, well, yeah man, fuck yeah. Like, let's do this. I would love, you know, I would love to try out. Right. Uh, it turns out it was a new metal band. Oh, what was the band's name? It was called Silent Phoning. Oh yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, totally. it's a perfect band name for that. <laughs> yeah, total like, total like Papa Roach system of a down. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so I, I think I was like, I think I was the way that a lot of young kids are with like when they start their first bands. They're like, it's not exactly what I want to be doing, yeah. but like, 
It's a band. It gives yeah. you, yeah, it gives you a taste of like, oh, this is something that I could potentially do. Uh, played in that band for like a minute. We played one show. It was at another birthday party nice. in like a backyard. Of course. Uh, we didn't have a drummer. Yeah. Oh, how did you play? You just played. You just... Yeah, just played. I'm not really, I don't really remember exactly how it went. But... That's incredible. Yeah. yeah, we didn't get a drummer, but listen to our Metal Zone Distortion pedals. And... <laughs> totally. Um, and so that was that. They kicked me out of the band. Okay. Uh, because... You didn't fit I, the mold. You didn't have dreadlocks, probably. I wanted to cover. I wanted to cover Jimmy Eat World. That was that was the thing. That was the breaker. They're like, the fuck this yeah, guy. Yeah. Who is he trying to bring this shit? Yeah, in for? I was like, I was like, you know what? Uh, I was like, these songs are cool and all. And like, I dig it. You know, whatever. I was like, but like, we could, we could do other stuff. Like, right. We could, you know, explore these. Other, and I was like, let's let's cover Jimmy Eat World. Sure. Uh, the artistic was, differences. Yeah, and I think that was the breaking point. So they called me one. They called me one night, uh, like on my parents' house phone. And, yeah, uh, and we're like, "Hey, man, like, uh, you know, it's just not really working out." Like, so that was You're um, like, "Damn." Yeah, I was, yeah. I was super bummed. Um, so yeah, that was my first band. But that obviously gave you a taste of like, oh, I would like to continue to do this. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So. And then, um, so like, as you're, like, going through high school, like, obviously you didn't have a good a good social experience. Like, did you, you know, just kind of coast by in grades? Like, did you have any sense of, like, kind of like, oh, this would be cool to do this in the future? Like, job, all that type of stuff. No, not really. I mean, I knew that I wanted to play in a band. It really, from the time that I, really for the longest, as long as I can really remember. Right. I've, I've wanted to play in a band. It's sort of, like, all I've ever really wanted to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that was that was the that was the train of thought. That was the focal point where it's just like, yeah, like once I just do this band stuff, then obviously everything else can be pushed aside. Yeah, totally. Yeah, because you know it was the only thing that I actually really liked a lot. Right. You know. Right. Um, so you know, in I guess I still sort of have like a somewhat juvenile sense of like not responsibility, but like uh-huh. you know, just sort of like yeah. Well, I just want to do what I want. Right. Like, I just want to do what makes me happy, and like you yeah. know, and so like. So I, don't, I, I don't know if I, I I don't know if I feel comfortable calling it juvenile, but I think I, I I would classify that. I mean, you just regardless of what the economic upshot is uh-huh. from whatever it is that you're doing, you know, you're just following what you're passionate about. And like right. not, and that takes a level of commitment that not everybody's willing to take. You know? Right. So. Yeah. Certainly. Um, yeah. So you know, it's on from there. Then. Uh, Matt, did you I, go? Did you go to college and everything, or did, I did. you? Okay. Yeah, yeah, totally. Oh, um, yeah, that's right. You went to yeah near the stores, Connecticut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What were um, you studying there? Uh, I was studying. I was studying communication. Okay. And I went. I went my freshman, sophomore, and halfway through my junior year. Okay. Uh, for communication, and I got halfway through my junior year, and I, uh, I was like, I haven't learned anything. <laughs> I really, like, I haven't yeah. learned shit. It's true. It's true. Uh, and, and, you know, and then I also, like, I was looking at, like, the ma- my major requirements. Like, you know, what I had fulfilled in order right, to. Right, your prerequisites and everything, uh, yeah. And I was like, I also haven't, like, accomplished anything. You know, it's just like, um, so I, you know, I gave it some serious thought and I was like, what would I rather do other than communication? And so I changed my major to English. Oh, okay, yeah. Halfway through my junior year. And I had to fucking, I had to bust ass to be able to, like 
complete all the requirements that I like needed to complete in order to like be caught up. Sure, to, like, sure. You know, someone who was an English major from the very beginning. Right, right. Um, so I did that, and then ended up graduating in four years with oh, nice uh, bachelor's in English. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Yeah, and not I mean, not everybody can obviously have that little you know piece of paper that says, "Hey, I'm smart." Yeah. Like, to the real world. Yeah, it's in a rubbermaid in a closet somewhere in right. my apartment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and that's what I find so funny, where it's just like you know, even though you, I mean, it's like put. I've always felt awkward putting like the bands that I've played in on a resume, but it's mm-hmm. like you learn so much shit from that. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Like, I mean, not only real life stuff or like you know, like real world real experience, but like actual like physical skills, like you know, time management and right. like you know how to take care of finances. Right. And, like, totally. But you're like, and people will, would look at that and be like, oh, that's probably equivalent to like a bachelor's degree. Yeah, yeah. It's like no, no. no. <laughs> um, and so, so when when did make do kind of start to? Was that like in college? Is like when started that was, to? Yeah, that was my freshman year in college. Matt, Mike, and I. Yeah. Played in a band while while we were all in high school. Okay. Um, it was just a fucking pop punk band. Sounded like Punk One Eighty Two. Uh, which you know, come, as you as you well should. Come, you know, come to think of it now, we should have stuck with it. We'd probably be way more popular. What was the name of the band? Oh god, I'm not even gonna say. It. It's too embarrassing. Um, does it, does any of it still exist on the internet somewhere? You guys you know have a pure somebody, volume page or something? Fucking somebody played it while we were in Europe. When we were in Europe with a lot of spew. Yeah. Somebody found it really? and started playing it, and it was god. You were like, who? What? See, the thing about it is, it's cool. It's cool for me because Matt sang in it. Okay, yeah, yeah. So I really, I mean, like, I wrote all the music and wrote all the lyrics, but, yeah. like, Matt sang. So he, like, right. I, I can just, I, I have no, yeah, I you, my hands. Right, but, you're yeah. like, that was, that's in the past. Yeah, yeah, Got totally. it. So that, that was what you guys were doing in, in high school. Yeah, so somebody, we were, like, we were trading, uh, we were trading, like, embarrassing shit while we were in Europe with La Dis and Title Fight. <laughs> and one one video was a video of Title Fight playing at a bar mitzvah. <laughs> Um, That's incredible. Yeah, yeah. and then w- the other one was Lottisview playing at like a nature festival in Michigan. Oh. None of them were wearing any shoes. Uh, it was, dude, that was Dude, like, I love those experiences where it's like you get asked to play a show or do something super fucking weird, yeah. and then it's like, that's just so funny. When you're, but when you're that age, it's like, yeah, of course. Show. Sounds yeah, incredible. Absolutely. Right. Totally. What, you're going to pay me $100 to do this? <laughs> totally. What? Um, so yeah, so it's somewhere out there. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But um, yeah, so I I I was the first one to go away to college. Uh huh. Um, and so my freshman year, it's like shocker, hated it. Right, um, right. And like, so you know, just started writing songs, and so like went back to those guys and was like, hey, you know, like I've been writing these songs, do so we want to try to do like yeah, let's check try them to out. Band. Uh, and Matt was like, well, I don't want to sing anymore. I want to play drums and. Yeah, I was like, okay, well, you know, I'm writing, I'm writing these songs. So I guess I might as well try singing. And, right, right, right. And then, yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah. that's it. Yeah, a, yeah I don't get into too much detail because obviously anybody that can read on the make to admit <laughs> lore. Um, yeah. But the uh, so like once you started to, especially just because you're playing the band with your brother, mm-hmm. like, uh, how did your parents start to perceive it as far as like you know, oh, you're gonna like you're gonna be doing this? Yeah, my parents definitely weren't into it for a while when, sure. initially when I start when we started our first band in high school uh, my parents were like um, okay well you can you can do one of two things they're like uh, you can start a band and you can go to the public high school uh, or you can stay going to the school you're at now and not start a band because they're like we're not going to keep on paying tuition at this school oh. if like 
you're going to be your focus is going to be somewhere else. Right. All you're going to do is go to school and then come home because you want to practice totally. or whatever. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Uh, and so I was like, I gave it a lot of thought, and I was like, I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I was like, I'll go. I'll go to the public school next year. Yeah. I was like, this is my. It was the end of my sophomore year. Got it. Um, and I told my parents that I really wanted to start a band. Um, so I was like, I was like, yeah, you know, like I've thought about it, and like I'll go to the public school. I like how they actually gave you a decision. Yeah, like, that's it was, nice. It was a, yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, I mean. Well, so I, you know, I, I said, and they said, uh, well, no, you're not going to the public school. <laughs> you're not allowed to go to the public school. They gave you a choice, yeah, but not but, really. Yeah, not really. Yeah, they, yeah. they wanted. They didn't think I was going to call their bluff. Right. Um, <laughs> that's awesome. You're like, I'm going to do this. Yeah, yeah. I didn't expect you were going to go down this route. Right. No. So they said I couldn't go okay. to the public school, and so I just started a band, anyways. Right, right, right. Um, so, I think I think they were definitely. I think in high school it was one thing, and then as I got to college, it, you know, it became something else. Just because they're like, "Well, you're supposed to be like right, like finding a profession, you're whatever." Still, you're still not. You're still like we indulged it when like it's early enough to like divert that you can still yeah. go back, but like you're running out of years to like get yourself on the right track here. Um, and so it wasn't until the band the band started doing like being gone more well, right, you know, right, like right. from an out, outsider's perspective. Right. Um, Once you're like, yeah, I'm going to Europe, I'm going to Australia. You're right. like, oh, this oh, might be real. Okay. Like, yeah, like we can buy a van. Like, there's a label putting out our records. Like, yeah. And so the parents were like, oh, got a record deal. Okay. Right. Okay. Yeah. Like. They're signed. All right. Like, right. This is something tangible. Yeah, yeah I can totally. hold. The, I can hold this contract up. Right. So um, it wasn't until then that I think they gave it a little bit more credit. And especially because, like, obviously, it's like two family members in the band. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so they're like, "Oh, great! Like, yeah. two two out of our four sons are doing this whole right. band thing." Right. <laughs> yeah. And so, but they've. Like you said, they they understand it a little bit better, and like they now do. they like, definitely do. Do they come out to your shows? They understand like. Um, I mean, my mom, my mom does, and she likes it. That's cool. My dad won't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he came. He came to Warp Tour. Um, yeah. When we played in, in Hartford. Um, sure. I think partly because my mom dragged him. Sure. Uh, and like. You need to go see your son's play. Yeah, he was pissed. He was so mad. He Outdoor like, festival. Yeah, yeah, he was just bummed. Like, sure. Uh, so that was, I think that's probably the last Make to Invent show he'll ever attend. <laughs> that, really. that they will attend together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, so obviously, like, having an English degree, like, the, the common conception of that, where it's like, oh, you'll be a teacher. Yeah. Like, did you have an interest in teaching at all? Or, like, that sort of, that was just never... Not really, Got to it. be perfectly honest. Yeah, You yeah. know, I... It's something. It's something that I wouldn't hate doing. I think. Yeah. But it would have to be that I. I don't want to like. I don't want to teach grade school. No, no, no. I don't no. really want. You to. don't strike. You strike me as a person like you. And honestly, I see a lot of people in bands like once they transition out of tour life and they're like you know like oh this like they, it, it mimics the feeling of like playing in front of people right. where it's like you know getting in front of a classroom and kind of like especially because. Like even after Make Do and Men doesn't exist, like uh-huh. you're still gonna care about this shit. Yeah, so you will be able to connect. Right. Where it's like kids, you know, like you won't. There won't be this huge disconnect. Where we'd be like, I understand what you roughly listen to. Like right. I knew who Data Remember is. Like yeah. okay, I don't like it, but I know. <laughs> right, right. Um, <laughs> you're like I'm aware of its existence. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you know, I don't think I could handle teaching in grade school. That's like, that's a level of, of pressure. That, you know, I understand. Well. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
So, you know, maybe maybe someday down the line I'll, I'll go back to school and maybe uh, take on like a professorship, professorship or something like that. Yeah, but yeah, like, yeah. That, you know, um, it's not necessarily exactly what I, you know, see myself doing. Yeah, no, of course, of course. And then getting getting a taste, like, are, do you, are you sort of the business guy of a band in a way? Like, no, not really. Matt and I, uh, Matt and I share a lot of the responsibilities there. But him being the him being the like right on top of shit one. He, you're, you're you're the artist. You're the artiste. Well, no, I, no I, well, I mean, in regards to like obviously, like you were saying, you know, you were. Uh, I mean, I, I know that the, the band obviously creates the material together and yeah, everything. Yeah. Like, do you, how how does the uh, lyric and songwriting process go? Like, as far as like you know, work. Does it start with a germ of an idea from you, and then kind of? It really all depends. I mean, you know, there there are plenty of songs that, like Mike, will write a riff. Got like, it. You know, and then you'll build on Mike's, that. Mike's really good at like writing riffs, recording them on his laptop, and like sending them to us. And oh, that's cool. Uh, yeah, he, that's something that like completely <laughs> escapes me. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so like, you know, he'll send that stuff, and then I can sort of like build it into a structure, and you know, sure, um, sure. And then there's other stuff where it's just sort of like. Get in a room and jam fitting, it out. You know, fitting lyrics to, you know, stuff that I'm playing on guitar and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Um, and then, yeah, we sort of all just, like, hash it out together. Sure. And you, but with the, with the sort of, you've never, have you ever been, ever been interested in working in, like, the music industry at all? Kind of, sort of, not really. Right. You know, in a, in a, in a capacity that didn't make my skin crawl, yes. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But, like, and as I'm sure, you know, from my perception of you, like, sure. sort of the same vibe, you know, like I did before the band got really busy, uh, like last spring, sure. um, I started doing like publicity for bands. Oh, okay. So like, uh, you know, writing press releases and like sure, right. getting in touch with, you know, press outlets stuff, and stuff sure, like sure. that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so like, you know. I uh, was a publicist for a couple bands, and uh, yeah, and then it just got it just got too demanding, and I, I didn't. There's a lot of, as I'm sure you know, there are a lot of fucking, there are a lot of publicists out there that just sit on their ass, oh, and yeah, like yeah, yeah. collect insane amounts of money. Stupid amounts of money. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I mailed them a press kit. Right. They I, didn't do anything. I don't with know. It. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I sent it. Right. Lee, shut up. <laughs> um, Totally, totally. So I did not. I didn't want to be that. Yeah, guy. you didn't want to be that guy. Yeah. You didn't want to be that guy that sends like a blanket email yeah, to like yeah. nine hundred press contacts and right. like, the, the, why haven't they written me back? Like, right. it's totally. like that's not how you right. cultivate relationships. Right. Um, so you know that's something that I did and something that I really enjoyed. So you know that's something I could see myself doing at some point. But yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, yeah, like you know, you're 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 in it. You're focused on making doing that. Like yeah, that's yeah. that's obviously what takes up a majority of your time. And. Um, sort of in conclusion wrapping things up where it's like you know you, you have a significant other at home and like obviously like maintaining relationships uh-huh. is not easy yeah even when you are home yeah, yeah. <laughs> and sure. so how, how have you been able to uh, kind of you know move forward with that sort of be, be able to like keep that thing together when obviously like you said like because I mean realistically last spring was the you know upon the release of your record like that's when you guys were like here we go right. like I mean you were always touring beforehand but right. it just got so much busier for you guys yeah definitely it it's definitely tough and like you were saying earlier you know every, every relationship is a s- insane amount of work right um, and it definitely takes uh, it takes a lot of work from both sides and of like I'm, su- I'm super lucky in that my girlfriend like is totally down with 
you know, you know, putting in her end of the work. Um, right. And you know, the the thing about it is, like, we're just like, like she's my best friend in the entire world. Like, you know, we're yeah. very like. Uh, you, you connect know, on that. Yeah, level. very comfortable with one another. Very like sort of just. Um, so you know, at the end of the day, it just it's tough. It's tough being together sometimes. Totally. You know, just because being gone so often, and then like all of a sudden I'm home, and it's like, hey, I'm home. Everything yeah. revolves around me again, right? Like, and she's just sort of like, fuck you. You've been gone for like two months, and like, right? I've been here taking care of the dog, paying, like, you know. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And uh, I know, and that's a lot of like. Uh, I always, I always like when I hit on this point when I'm having these conversations where it's like. You know, touring is like a suspended state of animation. Yeah, where it's yeah. like, you know, you're, it's it's a whole different life. Yeah. Like, you know, different city every day. Like, you're you're existing for hours in these places. Um, whereas the other people that exist at home, their life continues right. as is. Totally. And then, yeah, when you pop back in, it takes like I always I always felt like there was like a good three or four day compression after tour. Yeah. To like feel normal again yeah. like feel like you step back into a life mm-hmm. and so I always know like yeah the relationship that I was in and still am in where it was like stepping back into it like right. she always gave me those two days because totally. she knows like yeah, yeah. you're not going to be fucking normal the yeah. shit that you say is going to be like you're treating me like a band member right right, right. totally <laughs> and so yeah it's taken her a lot of like a lot of work to adapt to that and like you yeah. know understand that we like in a lot of ways we really don't have a normal relationship but right works for us and you know yeah um, and you, yeah and you have obviously like the I always tell people that anytime anybody asks about um, you know relationships in general where it's like I feel like truly the best relationships are the ones that take work uh-huh. like the ones that are like you, you never hear about the oh perfect relationships and yeah, it's yeah. like that shit doesn't exist no, like that's no. in fairy tale land totally. and like the ones that are worth it are work yeah, like yeah. it shouldn't be I mean it should be easy on like just the like the core levels of your being right all right and you know hopefully you're in a relationship with someone who's not like an unrealistic person isn't a selfish person like, right you know yeah yeah um, yeah like those core values totally. right there yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. You know. like a person who would be like james fucking knock it off get off the road yeah, like yeah, totally. would, like every waking moment that she could like right right you know that wouldn't be a relationship that would yeah. last so luckily my girlfriend gets that like she is <laughs> you know it, it, an unbelievably important part of my life, you know. It, right. I, I, if I could, and, you know, I would love to spend every single second of every single day with her. But like, right? Yeah. You know, you know, and, I, and in a lot of ways, that's enough enough for. Her. So that's good. Yeah, yeah, for I'm, sure. I think I've gotten really lucky in that regard. Yeah, and I just want to hit on one last point before we wrap things up because I, I obviously with you guys' experience on the 2012, or, yeah, 2012, almost forgot the year, the 2012 Warp Tour, where it's like. The, it, I mean, uh, so many people don't understand how, I mean, how strenuous of an experience it is, uh-huh. regardless, even if you are a popular band. Right, yeah. Uh, and for a band like you guys, who are literally playing your hearts out mm-hmm. every day, like do, doing like you would do at a club tour, right? but playing in front of kids that either, for one, don't give a shit about you, like right. trying to convince them to give a shit about right, you, right. Um, and then playing outdoors and playing like all these things, like, uh, it, I mean... To be honest, like it was probably just a super stressful experience for you guys. It was, you know. I mean, rewarding in some senses of the term. Uh, it. I think that it had its merits. Of course. I think that I had its merits, and more so, 
I hope that it had its merits because I guess I'm not really sure if it did. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to tell, um, right? Totally. Uh, so yeah, man, it was a grind, and it was a grind that really wore down on me. Yeah. Um, because I, I don't know. I guess I. It's very counterintuitive to what I've known mm-hmm. music to be. Yeah. And what I've known touring to be. Of course. It's a completely different world. Yeah. Uh, and for a lot of bands, that completely different world works. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a machine, you know. And if you're, a, if you're a band of a certain stature, if you're a band of a certain level of popularity, that machine works really well. Totally. You um, fit you fit into that cog like it's perfect. Totally. Which and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. I don't right. mean, I don't mean that in a like No, know, no, no, no. The, these are the sheep. Like, you know, yeah, I, yeah, I mean yeah. it as a, you know, when it works, it they works. They translate well to the warp tour crowd and that's awesome. Totally. Yeah, yeah. Uh and then you know, for other bands it can it can really sort of just fucking chew you up and spit you out. It can test you. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um <laughs> And so we were, you know, we were in a fortunate enough position where, like, you know, luckily, like, we were on a bus. Like, you know, we didn't have to drive every day. I can honestly say if we had, if we had to drive in a day in a van like plenty of vans did, yep. we would have fucking lost it. Totally. We wouldn't, we wouldn't have lasted the entire tour. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, but it's, it's a grind. And I'm not used to, like we, like we were talking about, you know... <laughs> And in this way, I suppose it's sort of juvenile, like yeah. just wanting to do what you want to do. Right. I'm right. not used to my I'm not used to my life being a grind. <laughs> right. Even though, even though playing in a band, yeah, it's hard is work. A lot of work. Of course. You know? Um, you know, and there's a lot of things in my life that I work very, very hard out, but I hard at, but I work under I, your own terms. Yeah, on my own volition. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah, you know? yeah. So. It turning into a grind, it turning into this thing that like just felt different. Felt different. It felt just bad. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, and like you know, to obviously like on the flip side, where it's just like like you said, you were appreciative of the experience because obviously it's like Kevin Lyman didn't need to give a shit about you right. guys. Oh, dude, and it's like absolutely right. And so it's like you know you it, it, you're appreciative of the opportunity, but it's like like you said, not everything fits. Not right. everything like you know feels good about it. Like. Right. Um, and it's just, yeah, it is, it is a test, but I mean, ultimately like the fact that you guys did that for however many people did interact with you and be exposed to a different style of music, yeah, like that's positive. Whether or not you so. feel it. I hope so. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, in all, in all, uh, in all seriousness, I mean, all those things make sense. You yeah. Know? Um, but it was just so tough for you guys and you in particular. Yeah. 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 And, and I mean, that's no one's fault, I think, but my own or our own. To be perfectly honest. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but it's—I mean, I—it's—it's I, it's good that you experienced that because, like, if you obviously if you didn't take that opportunity, you could look back in a few years and be like, "Oh, we should have done that," or yeah, whatever. Yeah, maybe. No, but no. yeah, yeah, who knows? But uh, thank you for obviously wanting to hang out and fucking shoot the shit and yeah. hear sirens go by. <laughs> there you have it, everybody. Real talk about Warp Tour. I love that when bands are able to kind of learn from that experience and be able to, uh, you know, figure out if that makes sense for their future or not. Uh, anyways, I hope you enjoyed the chat. Um, come back next week for another brand new episode. And um, visit propertyofzack.com. All right? Be safe. <laughs>